Hi, welcome to Parenting Bites. This is Rebecca Levy of Kids Views. I'm here today with Amy Ozdan of Amy Ever After. Hi. Hi. And Andrea Smith, our technology guru extraordinaire. Hello. Hello. You sound like you weren't sure. (laughs) Am I still extraordinaire? You are. I hope so. (laughs) Extraordinaire emeritus. Yeah, well, you're the only one who actually like tries all the gadgets and does everything and keeps us up to date. So yes, <laughs> we rely <laughs> on you to be extraordinaire. Um, today on the show, we are, I don't even want to say it out loud. It's so skeeved me out, but we're going to talk about Momo <laughs> and then and try not to have that image go into your head. Um, this was something obvi- I don't even have to explain. Like, if you don't know what Momo is, you're probably not a parent. Um, so thank you for listening to our show. But um, Momo took over social media this, like, over the last week um, as part of even a bigger story that started with, like, pedophiles organizing rings of pedophilia underneath comment sections of videos that had, ba- you know, kids in them or babies in them on YouTube. And then another thing was revealed that somebody was inserting snippets of how people telling kids how they kill themselves. And then came the whole Momo, which was like a creepy, uh, a whole other level of disturbing creepiness that was being put and just and inserted supposedly into videos aimed at children on YouTube. Um, I guess primarily on YouTube, because that's, that's where kids are watching. So we thought... We would talk about it on this show because it turned out to be just that piece turned out to be a hoax. The whole thing was a hoax. Um, The other stuff was true. Um, But it brings up a greater issue of what parents need to be aware of when their kids are online in general, but particularly on YouTube and YouTube kids. Kids spend the majority of their time on YouTube. So we thought we would bring our longtime friend of the show and expert, Letitia Barr, onto the show so we have Letitia on with us today. Letitia is the founder of Tech Savvy Mama. Hi, thanks for having me. Hi. We're so excited that you're back on the show. It's been a while. It has been a while. And, you know, certainly this is something that I wasn't going to write about this week but or last week when it happened, but it was something that was too important to ignore. So thanks for having me to chat about it. Well, it's so funny because when Andrea proposed that we do an episode about this, my immediate reaction was No. It's, it's like, I don't even want to talk about it. It's just like too dumb because my feeling is like when something, when a hoax is spreading, the way that you get it to stop spreading is to stop talking about it. Right. But then what I started seeing on Facebook was story after story of people who had kids in like the six to nine year old range whose friends at school we're using the concept of Momo to totally scare them and freak them out in real life, telling them like in school that Momo was going to come to them in their sleep and make them kill themselves. And if they didn't, then their whole family was going to get killed. Like it morphed into this totally other thing. Right. It was like this bad game of telephone going around the internet. Right. And then it had this in real life component with kids at school who kids who had a lot of misinformation about what this is because of what they've heard or what they've seen. And that's what started getting really scary about this whole thing. And I think parents too. I mean, parents have misinformation and I, you know, on my Facebook feed, there are people who are posting about it. You know, you post the headline, you don't read the whole article, or maybe you don't read any follow-up articles. And when people are being corrected and saying, you know, this was kind of a hoax, 
they don't care. It's like, I, I want to tell everyone about this. This is a terrible thing. You know, the internet should go away. And and I think that it's important also for parents to be educated and understand how to tell the difference and how to talk to their kids. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, full disclosure, I'm a member of the YouTube Kids Parent Panel. YouTube Kids, very different from YouTube. And I'm not a compensated member, meaning that I volunteer my time because I think that what YouTube Kids is doing is really important. And they take the advisory panel's suggestions really seriously. I've been um, advising them for the past four years. So pretty much since the YouTube Kids app became available for free for iOS and Android devices. Um, but they take our they, they take safety really seriously, YouTube Kids. And they also want to distinguish the fact that YouTube Kids and YouTube, they are not the same thing. And kids under 13 should not be on regular YouTube. They should be having this other experience that's separate on this more protected app. And we can get into like all those safety things a little later on. But, you know, there's just a lot of information when you see YouTube. I know there's been some information on YouTube Kids this week, too, about the kinds of content that's being inserted in these videos that's really not safe for kids. And that's certainly not something that YouTube Kids agrees with um, by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, they put out a press release or they put out a statement on their blog about how seriously they take safety. But at the same time, I think that parents just kind of lump those two things together. And there's a lot of misinformation about YouTube versus YouTube kids. So what supposedly was being inserted? So uh, there was a physician or a pediatrician who has a blog and she was watching YouTube kids with her daughter. And um, she came across some content that, you know, the thumbnail, the title, the beginning part of the video all seemed very kid friendly, just like the content on YouTube kids is supposed to be. But then embedded in partway through the video, there was a man who was basically showing kids or has, as she said, showing kids how to commit suicide, like how to slice across the wrist if you want attention versus if you want to do real damage. And so she wrote about that on her blog and, um, you know, flagged it, flagged the content as she should have. And um, I believe it's it's been taken down. But, you know, that's that's definitely a concern. And YouTube kids are certainly looking at a lot of their creator content and, um you know, they have filters, they have algorithms, they have all the technology to kind of um, pick up on appropriate and inappropriate content. But in a user generated world, there will always be somebody who's out there who's trying to do harm to kids by doing these insidious things. So, you know, absolutely, I think it's really important that, you know, besides the platform, YouTube and YouTube Kids, um, I think it's really important for parents to know what their kids are watching and the and who their creators are and to make it an experience that you do together. I mean, you know, we know technology is not designed to be a babysitter. We as parents know our kids best. And so we can't really leave it up to the filters and the algorithms and the technology to filter out what is and isn't okay for our kids. Because, you know, we know we have kids of different ages, they have different personalities. What's right for one isn't necessarily right for the other. So, um, you know, I really encourage parents to take an active role and, you know, certainly with the Momo Challenge, definitely take an active role. And if something doesn't feel right or if you have questioned yourself, go do your own Internet research. Because when I Googled the Momo Challenge, well, first I went to my daughter, Emily, who's 15, you know quite well. And I said to Emily, I said, Momo Challenge. I said, have you heard of it? And she looked at me. She's like, Mom, it's so old. And I right. said, you know, <laughs> like that's so last year because literally it was. Um, and I said to her, you know, I thought I had heard about this a while back. And she's like, yeah, that that's so old. That was a while ago. I said, well, are people talking about it? 
again? And she said, no. So, you know, certainly she's 15. I trust her judgment. We talk about a lot of things. So I knew I could bring this to her without raising red flags. Would I bring it to a kid if I had a younger child and, you know, expose them to this when maybe they might not know about it? Probably not. But, you know, I know her really well. Um, and so I know that she would give me an honest answer about this. And then, so since she said that, I went online and I just Googled Momo Challenge and up the first, the first link that popped up was something from Snopes. And the Snopes piece was really well researched. They'd really spent their time um, going through this to kind of debunk what the Momo Challenge was. It's links to possible suicide cases in other countries. It didn't establish a clear connection, like there was no proven connection between the Momo challenge and the suicides that had occurred in other countries. So I encourage parents to do their own research too. And don't just believe everything that's out there, right? Isn't that lesson number one? <laughs> well, look at how many adults believe all of the conspiracy theories and, you know, all the stuff that's out there. That is true. That's true. I mean, you get you get forwarded one of those ridiculous conspiracy emails, you know, and people just forward it to everyone in their address book or some of the stupid people who send them to me do. And, you know, the first thing I do is like, all right, let's debunk this one. And I, <laughs> I go on Snopes and I find it and I find the link and I answer back and I copy everybody. I who hate reply all copy everyone saying, this is not true. It's a hoax. You're being completely, you know, forwarding this information that's ridiculous. And just let them know that all it takes is a minute to, go, you know, use technology to figure out if what's going on in technology is true or not. Yeah, that's so important. Yeah, you know, so there is a bigger issue, right, which is anytime you have this kind of freak out over some kind of new technology, um, whether it was like ACDC albums when I was growing up or, you know, or rap or, you know, whatever. It It's never about that, right? It's always about some other fear that parents have. And then it manifests in some whatever conspiracy or supposedly bad thing it is of the day. And I think that, you know, Letitia, you said like parents shouldn't be using YouTube as a babysitter, but they do. And I think that there's a guilt there and a fear of what your kids are seeing when you're not monitoring them, even though you really don't want to watch YouTube with them. Right. Um, and, I, and I think to me, that's what this revealed was that parents can sort of freak out and blame YouTube and feel, and not that YouTube doesn't have responsibility, they do, but it is a Herculean task that I don't even think our society is beginning to understand how to monitor and moderate this amount of content being produced per minute. Um, and it's very different than when, you know, you're a television network and everything goes through a newsroom and a fact checker and you have X number of programming, you know, slots a day. This is user generated content. It is going to be this way for as long as it exists. And I think that there's just this general anxiety and fear of this in general. And it just comes out and, you know, kids are the perfect target for this stuff to just make everyone up in arms, make everyone freak out because everyone feels that the kids should be the most protected. Um, so one of the things I love, Letitia, was that you wrote a great article about five ways to keep kids safe on YouTube and YouTube kids, which I think is what the what parents need to do because let's just be realistic your kids are on YouTube or YouTube kids and you need to be proactive 
Right. Absolutely. And, you know, I don't I don't judge parents. You know, YouTube says that kids under 13 should not be on the platform. I get that. That's their company policy. We know for COPPA, you know, what kids should and shouldn't be on when they're 13 and under. But at the same time, if they are, and I'm not one to judge, I want you to have the tools to make good decisions for you, your family and your kids um, as they grow older. So, you know, really, that's kind of why I started the blog, right? Empowering parents through the knowledge that I have and just empowering them to make good decisions. So knowing the difference, you know, certainly I think it's really important that parents know the difference between YouTube and YouTube kids. And I think that was the first thing I put on the blog post. But, you know, the second thing is really like what I mentioned before, know what video content your kids are watching, good, bad, and otherwise. I mean, how many times are our kids watching videos that we don't want to see? Thomas said to me the other day, like, look, mom, watch this. And it's something that I really didn't want to watch it, but I'm like, all right, you know, what is it? What try, what rabbit hole has he gone down? Right. <laughs> what in the world has he found? And it was pretty funny, but sometimes I'm just like, oh, cringe. I don't want to watch another one of their videos. But I think that's really important to creating the conversation, opening the lines of communication between you and your kids so that they will come to you when they see something that's not right. Yeah. I mean, I think also people don't realize there's a YouTube history, right? Like if you as a parent, you're not going to sit next to your kid every hour of the day they're watching YouTube. You can very easily at the end of the day, see what they've been watching. Absolutely. And I think knowing what tools these platforms make available is really important too. It's part of the parent education process. And you just need to take that time to learn what's out there and how to use it to protect your kids and to have conversations with them. And YouTube Kids has its own set of parental controls too. And I have another post up about like, you know, two quick things to do to set up parent approved content on YouTube Kids. So, you know, it's a really simple process, but just knowing that it's there and it's something you can use is is also really important. Well, I think that's the problem is a lot of people, A, they don't know, B, they don't take the time to set it up. I mean, absolutely, you should set up parental controls. You should do it on your phone. You should do it on the tablet you give them. You should do it on on every device. But the other thing is like for really young kids or like three and four-year-olds, do you really even want them on YouTube? I mean, why wouldn't you just download the the Nick Jr. app or Peppa or whatever, whatever else it was? I mean, why don't why aren't parents having their kids watch those so that it's even screened and more safe? That's what my sister did. Yeah, like PBS Kids, right? Yeah, yeah. my sister took off all of YouTube and YouTube Kids and just has the PBS Kids app and a couple other things. But she told my niece that YouTube went out of business. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, for the days when I could tell my kids stuff like that and they would believe me. Right. She's six, you know. Like... Well, so here's something interesting about YouTube Kids. YouTube Kids does partner with, they have PBS Kids and they have mm -hmm. like the Peppa Pig channel. And on the YouTube Kids app, and a lot of parents don't know this, but this is something we as the parent panel really pushed for, was the ability for parents to block content and block channels, but also whitelist content and whitelist channels that you approve for your kids. So PBS Kids, I could whitelist that and only let my kids watch um, PBS Kids through the YouTube Kids app. So that's something that a lot of parents don't know about, but it provides a safer viewing experience when you're filtering out the content yourself. Right. That's really smart. I, you know, I think there's there are different issues on YouTube, right? There's just 
the time issue of just, you know, kids getting sucked into spending hours and hours and just, you know, watch because you go down that rabbit hole just like adults do. Mm-hmm. Um, there is content that looks like something and turns into something else, which we kind of just talked about, like either things being inserted or it says Elmo and it turns out to be very different Elmo, you know, yes, <laughs> things like that. Absolutely. Um, and then I know even with my sister, part of the reason she got rid of it was there are videos that are absolutely seemingly innocuous. I, they were my, my niece loved this uh, channel that were these sisters that played with dolls. And so at first it looked great, but the dolls were always mean to each other. Mm-hmm. So this is just basic, right? It's a little girl with her American girl dolls and like, you're the, but then the girl, the, they were really mean. And my sister started noticing this change in my niece's behavior where she was just na- kind of nasty um, and like complaining and, and hitting and things like that, that were definitely coming from those videos. And so that I think is when you really do have to be looking um, like there's still no substitute because it looked so innocent um, at first glance. Well, I've talked before about how um, when I was at Taekwondo with my son, my daughter was watching YouTube on my phone with headphones when she was about five. And I was looking over her shoulder and it looked like a Dora the Explorer video. But she told me it sounded funny. So I took one of the earbuds and it was porn noises. And I, I think that that also brings up a rumor that was going around about the Momo challenge, which was that things were getting inserted into videos. It made it seem like the videos were getting hacked. But if you're finding porn sounds on a Dora video, <laughs> that wasn't like hacked into by somebody. That was somebody who purposely did that to trick you. Momo isn't getting inserted anywhere. Nobody can hack the YouTube videos. If there's something bad in a YouTube video, the creator of that video wanted it to be that way. And parents should understand that. And parents should also know how to report that and and Mm -hmm. teach their kids to come to them and they won't be in trouble. I think the kids being fearful because they're going to get in trouble because they stumbled across something is a very real fear in kids. And I think if parents, we open the lines of communication to tell our kids, like, look, if you find something that if you happen to stumble across something that doesn't sound right or doesn't look right or makes you feel funny, just come to me. You're not in trouble. But just I want to know about it and we can take care of it together. We'll problem solve and figure out what to do about this together. I think that's really important to teach our kids. No, that's such a big point. I don't I didn't even think of that because um, my daughters tell me way too much. Um, <laughs> but um, it is so true. And I could especially see if a kid is sort of sneaking their screen time. Mm. Um, or worry that their screen time that they have legit, you know, will be taken away from them. Yeah. You know, when you're a kid, that's that screen time is so it's like currency, right? So if you, there's anything you think you're jeopardizing, you just don't want to do that. Yeah. You don't want to report your favorite restaurant to the health department because they might close it and then you won't get the good bagels. <laughs> right. Uh-oh. Amy has another story. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting analogy. <laughs> Give a podcast. I'm I'm there for you. <laughs> um, no, those are all really good tips. And you know, it was interesting because um, you know, Letitia, you put up the BuzzFeed article about you know it said parents shouldn't fear Momo; they should fear how little they understand YouTube. And it was so interesting to me because you were quoted in that article. I was thrilled that BuzzFeed took that tack. Like I would expect them to to sort of gin up the whole thing and have a lot of clickbait. And it was a really sensible look at it, which I was like, okay, at least people aren't, 
you know, the media is not caving in, you know, actually the media that kids read, like kids read BuzzFeed. Um, I thought that was really interesting. I was glad to see that they reached out to you. You know, and when they did reach out to me, I was kind of like, what direction is this going to take? But then during our conversation, I could tell that they were really invested in um, doing kind of an educational piece for parents and, you know, bringing to light. They were very concerned that this was a hoax and the fact that there was a lot of hysteria around it, which was what I was seeing on my Facebook feed, just how it was spreading like wildfire. And why was this happening? So I really enjoyed the conversation I had with the two reporters who wrote that article. I wish Facebook had a way to hide that image, though. I have to say, it was shared way too many times. I did not want to see that thing in my yeah, feed. Me either. Well, my kids now have a new version of Rick Rolling because they keep saying, hey, um, come look at this video, and it'll start out as something, and then it'll be Momo, just to oh. try to freak me out. Now, they just, they're just they teenagers, <laughs> so they just think it's hilarious. Oh, it's terrible. It's terrible. It's terrible for little kids because I did see someone on my Facebook feed who was like, oh, my God, I'm the one who showed this to my kid. Like, my kid had no idea what it was. Uh, and then I'm the one who just traumatized my child by, by being like, did you see this? And then showing them that horrible face. Right. Uh, don't do that, parents. Yeah, don't do that. Not a good idea. So, Letitia, what do you think, like, when you were writing, what is maybe the biggest question you get from parents about you know, handling both screen time, technology, YouTube, like, what do you see as because this is obviously stemming from parents just having such an ambivalent relationship with all of this to begin with? Yeah, um, I saw a lot of parents who were posting about the Momo challenge, and people commenting that that was the last straw, they were deleting YouTube, or they were banning their kids from YouTube and or deleting the YouTube kids app from their devices. And from that, I just knew that there was a there was a bigger problem there. Sure, you can block, you can not allow your kids on YouTube, you can take away YouTube kids. But I think the biggest problem is just regardless of the platform, we know that there will always be technology and technology tools out there that produce content that we don't necessarily agree with, or might not be age appropriate for our kids. So I think as a parent, it's important to understand what is and isn't age appropriate and how to have conversations with your kid about productive versus passive screen time. Because, you know, today it's YouTube and YouTube kids and the Momo challenge. Tomorrow, you know, look how many apps have come and gone and things that we've been concerned about over the years. I mean, we know this having kids who are slightly on the older side, but parents of younger kids, you know, they're really wedded to one thing. And I think that they need to know, regardless of what their concerns are with this particular platform, if it's YouTube kids today, it's going to be on a different platform later on. And it's going to shift as your kids get older. So that's why I'm really a big proponent of having conversations early and often about technology and the role it plays in your lives and kind of setting the stage because the conversation I the conversations I have with my kids about technology and what is and isn't appropriate has definitely changed as they've aged up. What's that saying? Um, don't prepare the road for your child, prepare your child for the road. So true. So true. Yeah. It's interesting. And things, you're so right, because things just evolve all the time. I mean, my daughter started in school. Wikipedia was, a, you know, something that no teacher would let them use as a source. And, and now, like, Wikipedia, totally fine. Right. Like, Wikipedia <laughs> sort of proved itself. And, Followed after by BuzzFeed. <laughs> right. Exactly. All of a sudden, BuzzFeed's legitimate news. Right. Um, Primary source. <laughs> yeah. But it does change and it does evolve. And, you know, a lot of times the kids are savvier than the parents, 
Um, you know, I think that's obviously the problem too. And certainly we've seen that with the spread of conspiracy theories and, and all the kind of stuff we're seeing, you know, come out of um, the last political campaigns and whatever, that sometimes the kids have a better spidey sense about this stuff than adults do. We did an episode a while back that I'm going to link to. Um, I forget who our guest was, but it was about critical thinking in the internet about how to find good sources and how to tell if something is a reliable source. Mm, I'll find yeah. that and link to it. Yeah, that's really important. Yep. So all comes back to this Momo thing. <laughs> Check your sources before you, you know, before you leap to your outrage, I guess. And take down all those icky pictures of it. <laughs> right. I know. It killed me that BuzzFeed used Momo as oh. their preview image. I was like, really? I was really just trying to get that out of my feed. But even in all the other reporting on it, the, the pieces debunking it, I think the Atlantic and the Independent yeah, and even like some like local WABC TV here, you know, they had a great piece, actually, which which I'll will link to because it just gives some great resources for parents and what to do. But they also put the picture in it. So like, yeah. Well, maybe we'll use it for our cover no. image so that we there can get the clicks too. <laughs> they want us to click. That's exactly it. I will not do that. Thanks. <laughs> on behalf of parents everywhere. We had enough of that. Luke Perry, on the other hand, you can put Luke Perry up. I'm really glad oh, Luke Perry has that, replaced Momo. But <laughs> me too. Luke Perry, sad face. Don't oh. make me cry. I know. Oh, that's a whole other podcast too. Yeah, sure is. I'll come back for that one as well. <laughs> when you realize how old your teenage crushes were, because they're your age um, <laughs> or older. Well, Letitia, this has been great. Really, really informative and helpful as always. Thank you so much for joining us today. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. It's always great to talk to the three of you. I know. We're going to have to have you on for like just something super positive and happy. <laughs> not, not like not... just for fun. <laughs> Carbs and Luke Perry. I told yes. you I'm there for it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We'll have to have some like nostalgia just for moms only podcast or something. We'll do something that sounds different. perfect. All right. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Uh, we'll be right back with our bites of the week. We are back with our bites of the week. Amy, what you got? Okay. I have kind of a sad one. Oh, um, no. I know. <laughs> I can tell from your voice. Just Bringing it down, um, as Letitia mentioned, uh, Luke Perry died recently, and, you know, I, I feel like our entire generation is in mourning. Um, somebody on Facebook said, uh, you know, everybody's first imaginary boyfriend just died. And, you know, while that's awful, um, like truly awful, he was only 52, one of the things that happened because of that is all of these articles are flying around and there've been lots of TV segments about how to recognize the signs of a stroke, which is so important. Um, so I'm going to link to an article on today.com, but it's really easy. It's an acronym. It's, it's uh, be fast. And these are the warning signs. And the B is for balance. If you have poor balance, the E is for eye problems. Like if you have loss of vision or double vision, F is for facial droop. A is for arm or limb weakness. S is for slurred speech or trouble speaking. And if you have any of those, T is time to get to the hospital ASAP. So be on the lookout for that. It can happen at any age. And um, my dad has had strokes. Um, you know, we, we know people who have died from strokes. So just be on the lookout. If you have those symptoms, it's not time to mess around. Just get to a hospital. Ugh, so scary. 
Oh, yeah, especially at that age. Yep. That's sure. not what you expect. No, and I actually had heard that he had had a stroke several days ago, and I didn't even have a reaction. I didn't, like, share the article or anything because I just assumed that it was minor and he'd be fine. Like, I, I don't know. I just, I didn't expect that he wouldn't wake up again and that would be it. Like, I guess I just assumed that that it wasn't a big deal. You know, so many people have these small ones, um, but... No, if you're having those symptoms, you really have to take it seriously. I think it's like heart attacks at that age. I feel like people in their 50s, when that happens, it's usually very severe. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like caused, it's something else. It's not just like you're getting older and these, it's it's always something else. Yep. So, all right. On that note, Andrea. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, that's okay. It's funny because I actually have two bites and I, one of them uh, has to do with Luke Perry because our friend of the podcast, Michelle Ruiz, wrote a wonderful, wonderful piece in Vogue called Remembering Luke Perry, the Poster Boy of 90s Studs. Mm. And it's just a great piece about, you know, how you grow up with these complete heartthrobs, you know, and you're just completely in love with them. And it's a wonderful kind of walk down memory lane of, you know, everyone growing up having this incredible crush on Luke Perry. And then, you know, also seeing him later as a as a father and an actor later in life. And it's just, it's a very nice nostalgic piece that she wrote. So we will have a link to that. And then the other thing that I have is on the 8th, which I believe is Friday, is International Women's Day. And I think it's just something, you know, a lot of schools do things, a lot of um, publications write stuff. There's a lot of specials uh, for some of the places I write for. I'm doing some interviews with women in the tech field about, you know, how far women have or have not come. And so I just wanted to point out that it's International Women's Day. It's a great day to have a conversation with either your daughter or son about how important it is to support women, um, girls who code, um, anything that kind of helps girls, you know, become who they want to be. And it doesn't have to be STEM, but it just whatever they want to be. And I also recently saw the movie On the Basis of Sex. I don't know if you guys saw it. It's oh, the no, Ruth Bader yet. Ginsburg movie. And it's a, I just think it's a great movie for parents to watch with their kids. It's just, it's a wonderful, wonderful movie about what life was like for women when Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg was just starting out, you know, and juggling, you know, a handsome husband and being, you know, being a wife and being a mother and all the obstacles. And it's just really, you know, it's not hokey, but for me, it was very inspiring just to see, you know, where she started and where she is today. And I think that a lot of times, much younger kids have no idea what it was like they forget and so it's nice to be reminded of how much progress has been made and with that happy international women's day <laughs> i didn't see that but i did see the the documentary the rbg documentary which was yeah just as inspiring as as yeah. inspiring as all get out i mean she was incredible she is incredible but like when what she went through when she was younger just insane. But yeah. Andrea, your first bite reminded me of, of another really good article that I read that I'll link to also in Rolling Stone called um, Luke Perry Walked So Jordan Catalano Could Run. No, I'm going to stop you right now. <laughs> <laughs> because 
I know everyone loved their 90210. I was actually like too old for 90210, which means you were were too, Amy. Um, (laughs) I was way too old. (laughs) My sister was, was 90210. Like she was, it's premiered in 1990. I'd already, I was my first year of college. So anyone who was. We watched it in the dorms. Yes. Yeah. I didn't watch it in the dorms. So no, we were watching sister, General Hospital in the dorms. I was watching Knott's Landing. Um, no, but my sister, it was her, like that was the show. My parents were divorced and Wednesday night was my dad's night. So my sister and my dad were like crazy 90210 <laughs> fans. That's what they did together was watch 90210. So it was actually really sweet. When I think Aww. of it, I think of my dad and my sister and he bought her like the calendar. And I mean, it just cracks me up. But Jordan Catalano, since you brought him up. <laughs> My so-called life, which I rewatched with my daughters, is still is so um, if you want to watch a great teenage show with your kids, if you have to rent it and pay for it, do it. My so-called life is like a league of its own. And um, yeah, so that's my point of view. I wonder if my kids have seen it. It is. I mean, it's just because it's a truly remarkable show. It's not like a cheesy soap opera. But I do agree that Jordan Catalano had a little bit of a. Luke Perry in him, but um, I think he was more like a James Dean. <laughs> so maybe James Dean was the original. Without you know, Rebel Without a Cause, none of them. A comparison that he did not like. Who? Uh, Luke Perry. He got that a lot. No, not Luke Perry. Are you saying Jordan Catalano? Yes. <laughs> I mean, look, look, none of mm. whatever the whole teen idol, the bad boy, who's actually got a heart of gold, which is right up there with like the hooker who has a heart of gold is such a well-worn trope, but, you know, it goes way back. <laughs> Every well, generation gets the one they deserve, I guess. <laughs> I guess that's how it works. Um, every generation gets their bad boy with the heart of gold. Well, we will link to all of the articles. Yeah. I can't get enough of them. I'm in nostalgia land. I know. It's so sad. Um, but my, so my bite is totally different, but I really thought of you, Amy. <laughs> when I saw this because I was like this is bananas and so for Amy it's got to be food Uh, it's not it's an entire city in Turkey so you have a leg up already (laughs) because you (laughs) could go there um where they built 700 Disney style mini castles what yes you can buy your own mini castle and by mini castle it's a giant house but it's just not a full-size castle but they're all mini castles they all look like mini cinderella's castles at walt disney world and they built an entire town on the black sea that is meant for like rich foreigners to buy um and they were only able to build 350 of them and then the whole turkish economy collapsed so they're very cheap you have to see the pictures it is literally an entire it's it's as if a suburban subdivision only had castles now now wait if i buy one do i get like some kind of princess designation does that go along with the castles i don't know you probably could (laughs) you could probably stand on your balcony and wave to the non-existent masses i mean i'm married to a turk i feel (laughs) like like, yeah (laughs) i think you could get a leg up it is the most bananas article i mean it's just about like international real estate and development and people who extend themselves but also what the dream would be if you were building something like this from scratch i mean it's so bananas, but you can buy them. You can buy them right now. And it's on these like springs and every 
Um, you can have, it has underfloor heating that is heated by the region's hot springs. Like they dug down to the springs and it has balconies and turrets and balustrades. Now, now are they and, all like on top of each other? Like McMansions in a, in the suburbs? Yes, that's or... what's the funniest thing about it. Oh they're all Wait, right next to each other. Wait, so you don't get like a moat? Other. You don't get big space <laughs> no, and a moat around each no, of them? No, they're all right next to each other and they're all <laughs> identical. It's the weirdest thing you've ever seen. And they built them for like wealthy Middle Easterners, basically, to come. And they were selling like hotcakes. And then the whole, you know, economy collapsed. But you, where it said is that what you do is you customize the inside. So all the outsides look exactly the same, but you know, they're all like, you know, totally blinging out the insides. There's an optional indoor pool. Um, so this sounds is, exactly like my in-laws gated community in Florida. Basically what it is, except it's on the coast of Turkey. So it's spectacularly beautiful on the Black Sea with these thermal hot springs. And they're all castles. <laughs> like, I can't explain to you how hilarious it is. But I saw it and I was like, I, I feel like Amy needs to own one of these. And they're priced between three hundred seventy dollars and $500,000. Well, if you don't care about how journalists are treated. That's right. Sounds like the way to go. I mean, or anything really, or if the government, <laughs> there might be a coup or whatever, <laughs> just, I mean, it is, uh, you have to just see it to believe it. Like when I saw it, I thought it was a bunch of miniature little models on like a table, like, you know, a fake like <laughs> table because they're all right next to each other Lego and they're castles. all castles. It, it is crazy, but it's totally worth reading and looking at the pictures and just, if for no other reason, like show your kids, it is you just really can't believe it when you're looking at it, but it's really all kinds of amazing. <laughs> so that is my bite of the week. And with that, that's our show for today. We'll have links to everything we talked about on parentingbites.com and on facebook.com slash parentingbites. You can find us on any of the apps you listen to on podcasts. Rate, review, subscribe, share. We love when you guys share our podcast. We'd love to hear from you guys on our Facebook page. Let us know any issues that you would like talked about. Let us know if you we're worried about Momo or if you've deleted the YouTube app on your child's tablet or phone or whatever. Um, and until next week, happy parenting. Bye. Bye. Bye.